Welcome to the Top Podcast. This is your host, Richard Walsh, best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, the Contractors New to Scale, Regain Control, and Fast-Track Growth While Loving Life. Today's guest, my buddy, Adrian. Adrian is going to talk to us about what he's done, what he's become, and really what he's doing. He's He's really making it possible for businesses to connect with potential clients, okay? A lot of us have issues getting past gatekeepers and things like that. We're doing a business-to-business, even a business-to-consumer. So Adrian's going to talk about getting this done, okay, and making this easier for you. And, we're, of course, what he talks about, not only escaping the owner prison, but scaling your business. We're going to talk about scaling, how to move past the growth phase, right? There's more out there. There's so much out there to be done. And Adrian and I are going to chat about this today. So with no further ado, Adrian, how are you doing today? Come on board. Hey, Richard. I'm doing great. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. I'm loving today. It's such such a good day. And awesome. I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad we were able to carve out some time to chat about this. So Adrian, why don't you fill us in, kind of give us a little bit of your background, what's going on, how you got into doing specifically what you do. Share that with my listeners. Okay. So basically I help um, businesses and startups. Right now we're mostly working with um, marketing agencies who are just starting up and we're helping them get in front of their um, ideal clients and then book meetings. And then hopefully those meetings turn into clients. And then once they have enough clients to sort of like um, move them out of, of the startup phase and into growth phase, if they still need our help during that particular phase, we help them as well. So that's, um, that's how we start scaling their business. Um, for those who want to escape the owner, um, the you know that particular situation, we provide a way that businesses who are just starting up can move past startup and then move into growth phase, and then sometimes even ten times their scale. Um, one of the the best things that we've done, or one of the records that we've done for a marketing agency out in out in Sydney was they were earning just $12,000 monthly recurring revenue when we started working with them. But using this particular system, the the one that um, Richard and I will be going to talk about, we were able to scale them from 12,000 monthly recurring revenue to 96,000 monthly recurring revenue in under 30 days. I think that was just like 25 days. So it's, it's a big thing that can happen. But also those are the records that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you, like, you like to hear about. But just to give you a more realistic view of how this is, one of the clients that we worked with, and this is like a video production company, they, they were doing less than 10,000 monthly recurring revenue when they started working with us using this same particular system. Um, and it's not a difficult system. And um, I, I agreed with um, Richard that we should, we're, we're going to teach this to you guys as well. So it's something, a tool that you can learn, um, something that you can hone even, even during the end of the year. Um, don't, don't let December stop you. Just because it's December, don't let it stop you from growing your business. Spend time with the family, yes, but don't stop growing your business. Anyways, um, with the more realistic or the tamer examples of growth, we started working with this video production company and they were doing less than 10,000 USD per month. We helped them out. 
we moved them to 10,000 USD per month. And then once we were there, we knew we could do it. We knew he could um, deliver the service that he was doing. We 2X that. So the next month we moved him from 10,000 USD per month to 20,000 USD per month. And then, you know, being, being as we want him to sort of like scale, um, during the third month, we decided like, you know what, maybe we should do 40. So we were like, um, we doubled our, our efforts. We, we streamlined the, the system that we have in place. And we were able to maybe go up to 30. And then all of a sudden we stopped or we didn't stop totally. We eased off the, the throttle, so to speak. Because what we learned was the client was not able to deliver the services at that magnitude, or it, it was his first time getting d that big number of clients. So he was adjusting. He he was you know he was having a problem with one particular client. He was dropping the ball with one particular client, and it was a good thing that he told us, because if he didn't, we would have pushed him to forty, and and his business would would just collapse under the sheer um, pressure, the sheer weight of the responsibilities and the deliverables that he has to, to provide for his clients. So what we did was for um, the remainder of, of November and then going into December, we're easing off on throttle where we're going to keep him on 20. And then we're going to use um, December to prospect for meetings coming in January but also we're going to use December to help him set up a system that can help him move out of him delivering the service that he's giving and then having the system in place so he can walk away from his company, you know, just to escape that particular prison. So he can, he can enjoy, enjoy life and then he can go on holidays without having to talk with his clients. So that's what we're helping him with um, to be, detailed about the explanation. What we're helping him with is um, setting up a team of video producers, video editors, um, video managers, and then get remote agents from the Philippines who can produce um, high quality output so he can deliver the high quality output that he is known for. Because right now it's, it's just him. It's just him delivering all of this and he can't do it himself. And he's not going to be able to do that if he wants to scale. That's excellent. I mean, that's um, there's a lot in there that you just mentioned that's important to understand. Uh, the first thing being, you have to understand, you have to grow at, you know, um, a, there, there's always a limited capacity, right? At, at any yes. level of the business. So we, we want to, you want to, you, everyone wants to, 2x your business, 10x your business, right? It sounds really good when you say it. Yeah, it sounds right. good when you say it like that, yes. <laughs> and then when you get someone who actually can deliver it, first you're shocked that just that, someone actually delivered what they said they're going to deliver. But then you realize there's no way can I handle this this workload. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're saying, I'm, I'm me or I've got me and five guys and now you give me enough business for 20. Where am I going to get 20 quality people who are going to be able to deliver the service? Yeah, on, on time, right? So it's a big issue, and it's, and again, it's it's part of planning, all right? You because we all want that, okay? I mean, everyone wants to be able to to grow their business, but I think a lot of people, two things, they don't understand the capacity that's going to be needed to handle that influx, and the other thing is they're not 
they, they actually don't have the belief that it's going to happen. Okay. Mm, <laughs> they, yes. People often, it's the dream and dreams are just that, right? They're great when you're on your pillow, but to make anything happen, you got to get out of bed and make that happen. Right. So a lot of people enjoy the dream state, you know, and wouldn't that be nice, but they don't understand the work that's going to be involved. And if you have to take that work on yourself, it's going to be incredibly difficult. That's where you come in, right? I mean, what I'm hearing is you're able to create this and put this together for them to make it manageable, which is awesome, right? Yes. And, and it didn't happen overnight, that particular service that we do. Um, it, it sort of happened because of the conversations that we were having with, with the clients, with our, with our clients. We, we, were, we wanted to get them into meetings. When we started, that, that was it. We wanted to get them into meetings. I, I love conversations and I love talking with people as, as, you know, as you might know right now. And earlier before, during, during our warm up, you see how, how, how I can talk, how I can talk about a lot of things. So I really like conversations. And when I'm approaching a potential client, for example, I, I'm not approaching him or her with the with intention to sell. I'm approaching them with the intention to start a conversation. And, and find out um, if we can help them or if we can at least help them or, or help them point them into the right direction if, if we're not the business that they, they need, for example. So that's, that's one of the things that started us on, on the secondary service that we do, which is help um, put systems in place so you can actually scale proper and it doesn't cripple you or your business. It, it just sort of like happened naturally. They asked us, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, can you help me with this? And then the, the, the problems are common when you're scaling. The problems are common. And, and it has a lot to do with how they are going to deliver their results, especially for, for service-based industries, for example, or service-based businesses, social media, um, video production, um, things like that. Um, you, you need to have a system in place, um, people in place, um, a good pool of of intelligent individuals whom you can hire from immediately if you want to scale fast or you know if you need someone all of a sudden to fill in a particular gap and that conversations are very important yeah it really is you have to really under, it's just like we we talk a lot about this sales is understanding the customer's unique problem right they have a problem that's what they brought it to you you know mm. this business owner has a problem, it's the problem of growth. Now, sometimes people have the problem of no growth. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have the problem of excessive growth, right? So each one yes, is a problem yes, that do. you have to be able to solve for them. So I love what you've done. That secondary aspect was, again, that's what entrepreneurs do. Your customer has a problem. You created the solution, which solution. is systems and processes. And that's mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. So it's a win-win. You know, now if, if I can come to you and, and you tell me, well, here, here's my issue. Here's what I do. I'm, you know, I'm generating 5,000 a month right now. I'd like to double that. And, okay, we can help you. And then we get to that. Okay, I can manage that. I always tell people I can go from zero to a million a year on my own. Mm -hmm. right? When I hit the 3 million mark and the five, That's I can't, I can't do that thing, by yeah. myself, right? It takes a, it's a different animal. It's a mm -hmm. different setup, you know, and then you want to scale from there and go to five and 10 and 20 and a hundred. That's great. But there's systems that have to go into place. There's people that are required to make this happen. And I, yes. I, I always start out, which is I go to the basic level, which is virtual assistant, right? That's a place where we start. 
Like, how do I get someone that's going to handle this administrative aspect when I don't have the the income right now to afford the full-time in-house person. So we go Mm -hmm. to VAs, right? We go to that virtual assistant to help relieve that burden so I can get back to generating sales and income and focus on, you know, fueling my economic engine, you know? So it's interesting what you've done because you're, you're kind of putting that, that's part of the system, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and with, with the systems that we, we deliver, actually, I don't want to, Excuse me, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to say it in that way. It's like systems that we deliver. Um, I'd like to say it as um, with the systems that the client needs, it doesn't always have to be remote. For example, if, if we if we provide um, solutions that for problems that they need, it's it's always not it's not always remote um, VAs or remote agents that they need. Sometimes, and I also suggest, like for example, with video um, producers, for example. I suggested with him to, you know, hire local, hire, hire, hire the people that he knows. So it's easier for him to manage the, the producers if he, if he needs to. And then the producers can manage the remote team. And in that way, quality is assured. We have, he has a foot um, on the ground there, a boots on the ground where he's at. And he has boots on the ground here in the Philippines. If, if the team is like formed, um, we put with him a contact that's very trustworthy. Um, in, in, in our business, we're very heavy on trust. So I, I, trust and integrity, as you mentioned earlier. So we're very heavy on that. So we only provide boots on ground if we, we, if we actually trust that particular person to manage the whole thing. Because if, you, if, if nobody delivers on, on what they should, on their responsibilities, nothing is going to grow. You, you yeah. will always have to sort of like be there, um, take care of everything. And then you, you won't escape the, you know, the, the owner person. Even I, if, if nobody is doing their jobs, nobody's going to be able to like um, move away from the business. Right. Let's, let me talk, let's talk about that for a second. This is an important point because uh, trust, integrity, okay, those, these for a lot of us are foundational principles for our business. For a lot of people, it's not. But let's talk about the remote access because more and more people become aware of, you know, remote uh, capabilities, right? Remote, especially yes. this year, uh, you know, the virtual assistants, things like that. And that might be their first trial, but they're, and this is just human nature, there's going to be a trust factor. Right. Yes. What do you mean you got someone in the Philippines doing your? I mean, come on, how can you know what they're doing? Who are? Is this just some guy? That's true. You That's know, and true. they they you know our mind conjures this crazy, right? We don't understand because I I have to I have to explain to people like you don't understand because they don't understand who they're dealing with, right? They they think I don't know what their thoughts. A lot of them it's like. I don't know what they're thinking, but it's like they don't get that you're actually, there's other professionals in the world besides here. Okay. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and, 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 and not even, not even just, you know, not, not even the location. I, I think it's more about them not knowing who they're speaking with. For example, um, um, they haven't developed that particular relationship just yet or that level of trust. By default, um, being a Christian, I, you know, by default, I trust someone until they break that trust um even then i'd forgive them but you know i'd be like i'd be wiser but anyways for example um i have this this client um he he moved um some of his legion because um as you can see with with what we're doing here in the podcast um we're not keeping anything secret i'm not keeping anything secret so if 
for example, if someone who works with me will understand the whole system, it's always one of the things that I make, um, I make sure that is mentioned clearly before we start our conversations. I said, I deliver systems and this particular system, even if you fire me, for example, it's going to work. You'll know how it works. You'll know how it runs. You'll know how to make it run. So this, um, this web, um, web development company from LA, um, they, they moved our services in-house. So they didn't need me anymore. So the system's there in place. And that's, that's not a problem. I, have, I don't have any you know, bad, bad feelings or bad emotions or negative emotions about that. Um, so they moved it in-house. Um, they, they left a couple of accounts payable. And um, I think it's been a couple of months. And for, for people who don't understand who they're speaking with or who they made um, a working relationship with, you, you'd be worried. You, you'd like send emails every day if you don't know who you were, you were speaking with or who you were dealing with. But since I knew um, this particular client, we've been working for like, um, I think more than two years, I think, I knew he was good for, for the money. I sent him just one reminder and the reminder and in between the payments was like um, two months in two months. There's, there's a gap of two months. When, when we stopped business, I waited two months. I emailed him, Hey, um, maybe you just overlooked. Um, there's still some accounts payable. And then that was it. And then after two months, um, just this morning, uh, I look at, I look at my, you know, I'd look at my screen and the payments there. And, and that, that's where trust comes in. I, I never, thought negative about him i was actually worried about him maybe he's sick or or, or you know you know and um and, and that, that that's what that's what happened so there are people whom you can trust to do business in any country there are people whom you can trust the, the problem here is finding those individuals that you can do business with and you can be safe doing business with yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. So this is, this is the um, the disconnect a lot of people have because they don't have uh, a reliable source. It's like anywhere. If if I get on a plane, and I flew to the Philippines and got off the plane, okay, no, I don't know anybody. Okay, so here I'm in yeah, the no airport, contacts, yeah. and I've done this in Germany. I went to Germany like years and years and years ago to buy a dog. Okay, I was supposed to go buy it. I was doing. Uh, I used to train shepherds for. Uh, police departments and stuff too. I had a little gig going on back then. So awesome. I went to Germany to buy a dog with an address. Literally like, I it was like the wrong address actually, but I got to the airport, I landed and I go, I need to go to Neustadt. And, and the guy kind of goes, well, which one? I go, what do you mean? He goes, there's 27 of them. What, okay. what do you mean? <laughs> I, go, I go, well. I, 27, I was so, expecting two. Right, I was expecting one. Okay, so, but so I go, like, this is literally what I said. I go, well, pick a nice one. <laughs> okay. And and he did Neustadt on the Weinstrasse, which is Newtown on the Wine Street. I got mm -hmm. on this train, it was like an, two hours, and I went to this, and I knew nobody. I got off, I get off the train. Now here I'm in Neustadt, this nice quaint little German town with you know, uh -huh. great vines on the mountain. It's beautiful. And I'm like, so I go to the cab driver and I'm like uh, showing her the address and she's like, oh, that doesn't exist. <laughs> and, and, I, and she doesn't speak a lot of English. So she gets the owner on the phone of the cab company speaks mm -hmm. great English, you know, so we start chatting. He goes, well, I'll have her take you to this bed and breakfast, get you set up there, then call me and I'll come. And again, this is the cool entrepreneurial experience. This guy came, chatted. We went to all these dog clubs 
we found a great dog. Okay. And he was not who I was going there to meet, but because of that, you know, you talk about a no like, and trust. This guy was amazing. Right. We hung out for a week and we found the right dog. <laughs> everything else. He, he took it. One of his drivers drove me all the way back to Frankfurt, you know, to get me on the plane and everything else. Well, I praise mean, the Lord. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Right. So I, I, it was just the coolest thing ever, but you talk about a guy who I was a goof, right. I'm going with no real confirmation, but I made it happen, mm-hmm. you know, but again, that, and that guy has been a lifetime friend, you know, so it, it's been amazing, but yeah, so it's, it's that. So, but now take it, I'll just go backwards a little bit. So here we are, your people are, again, when they're not acquainted with this, this remote accessibility and the services and everything else, you know, we need people like you, Adrian, who are, who have built that trust, right? You've built a company, you know, you've built a mm-hmm. successful company. You're, 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 you're fulfilling the needs of these guys. And it's so cool. And I really, I do, I, I tout this a lot that people need to look beyond locals. Great. And like you said, you need that local element. And I love being yes, with people and I, I love training with them, but you've got to look outside outside that because there's things that you can do that are going to accelerate the growth of your business you know it's going to give you an affordability also Mm -hmm. uh that maybe a a local you know in-house thing is not going to so it's really important to know that but finding people like you is really the challenge i would imagine right yes and and the same thing with 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 the businesses that you want to work with this the same thing with, with with the potential clients that we have um and that's why conversations very much geared towards um, finding out if there's an actual fit, that that your integrity and trust levels are in sync with their integrity and trust levels. So for me as a business, um, we turn away um, a good number of potentials just because they 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 have some questions that might not jive um, with with what we do. For example, if, if they start um, acting untrustworthy, or if they show some some signs, some some minute like um, signals that they're, they're not maybe going to trust you, just because we're here in the Philippines. And for me, that that's one of the, the first things that that signals trust. For example, where are you located? I say I'm located in in um, a couple of kilometers south of Metro Manila. I'm in the Philippines. Just just by saying that. Just by saying from the Philippines, um, and this is not this is not something you know, some something negative or something like racist or whatnot. It, it just it's just the disjunct because it's remote. It's outside of the country wherever they are. We have clients in Germany, we have clients in in the U.S., uh, Australia. Just because it's outside of the country, and if they're not used to having people work outside, you know, even outside of the office. Right now, because of the pandemic, everybody's most there are some that are working at home, they, they now start to understand that, oh, wow, it's, it's, it's still hard work. Just because you're not in the office, it's still hard work. Um, so they, they start to, under, that's where we sort of like um, get signals. Um, if they question the pricing, for example, hey, you're in the Philippines, but why, why is this your pricing? Um, even though it's, it's still a lot um, cost, more cost-effective than hiring um, local. And also you don't, um, um, just talking about the pricing, you, you don't um, overwork your local team for the things that are that can be handled by the remote team. There, there are just some things that you want um, a remote person handling, like, like cleaning up a list of emails, for example. You don't want your, your main guy or your main um, girl or your main um, lady 
doing all that um, very basic thing and then wasting like four hours of the company's time, just cleaning up a list manually. If you can have someone do that, then have your superstars work on, on what they're very good at, then you want that particular setup. Exactly. I mean, that's that's a very valid point there. People need to, and we talk about that a lot, it's part of delegation, right? As you delegate mm-hmm. tasks in your business, you need to have an understanding of what needs to be delegated. Then you have to assign a value to those, right? What's yes, the value? value. Precisely, right. precisely. Yeah. It's a great way to do it. And when, and it's, and, it, and this doesn't devalue anyone, but it means that I need to put this in the right folder, right? I got to give mm-hmm. this to the right person for the right job, right? And if you don't do that, you do, you can overspend, you can overtime, which I call overtime. So you, you, you waste too much time, valuable time of that individual. Like you said, you get a rock star, you got your rock star. They shouldn't be doing, yeah, you, you know, scrubbing emails, all right, they, mm, they shouldn't yes. be doing those lists. And that's, that is not, I mean, you, you'll end up losing that employee. You have them do stuff like that or <laughs> you're right. They're going to say, oh yeah, that's not, that's not part of my job description, right? This is way below me. And it's not a, it's not an ego thing. It literally, my skills don't warrant yes, doing this yes. level of work. Who else can do this? So uh, it, it's such a valuable asset to be able to delegate these tasks to the remote capabilities of people like you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and even with, with the pricing, for example, um, you can find you can find um, remote agents from from the Philippines, contractor, freelancers in the Philippines, who are at different price levels. And that's one of the reasons why I can hire a team local because I can afford them with with the pay scale that I'm asking for for my clients, for example. And and why do I um, give this particular amount of, of money to this particular agent and this particular amount of money to this particular agent. It, it boils down to what they're doing, um, how good they're doing, um, the, the, the things that they need to be doing, and also how well they can handle work and then handle money. Everybody needs, and I think everybody right now understands uh, this a bit more, not everyone can handle remote work. Not everyone can handle um, a life outside of the office. Right. I think a lot and, of and, people discovered that, Adrian. Yeah, like, yeah they discovered uh, that There's right kids now. and there's dogs <laughs> and there's, I got to do the laundry and I'm at home and I got to cook lunch and now I'm, I'm, I'm getting nothing done. Because I'm, I'm, they, they realize how easily distracted they are. Oh, yes, yes. Because oh, in this new That's why everybody's at the office. You know, at, at work, it's, at home, it's like, you start washing dishes, that's a lot of money down the, you know, down the drain. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money down the drain. And, and the same thing here. Um, my, my neighbors are like surprised. You, you have two nannies. I said, if I didn't have two nannies, I wouldn't be able to do work. And, right. and they, they don't understand that because they, they weren't working from home. Now, when everybody's working at home, they say, now we understand why you have two nannies. Right. It's, it's, it's not an extravagance. It's something that you do for the clients. I mean, I could do the dishes. I could do the laundry. I can do all of those things. It's not a problem for me. I did it um, even before until I, I had the nannies. There were some laundry um, or clothing types that I didn't want them you know, handling. I sort of like thought of those as private. I, I do them myself. And then because, because you understand, I, I don't understand. So, but because there were clients coming in and then I, I sat them down and then I, I told them, you know what, I need to break um, a word that I said. 
and I need one of you to take care of this particular um stash. <laughs> right, right. I, I told them who's who's okay with it, and they said we, we were actually okay with it. It's just you who won't let us do it. Right. So I said, okay, right now I, I need you to do it because if I do it, the clients, you know, it, it will affect how I deliver service to my clients. Right. You know, the important thing on that is like what you said when um, who you're delegating it to, right? Because people, just because it, delegation is an intricate part of any business. I don't care what country you're in, what office you're in, if you're working out of your second bedroom, it, it doesn't matter. Delegation is important. And here's the thing where, like you were talking about, people could question costs and this and that. Um, I don't usually have to justify it, you know, but the yes. point is, mm -hmm. even in a business, um, you know, everyone is equal in humanity, right? I give everyone value. You're a human being. I love you. You know, you're, you're God's creation. He's made you. Amen. I get that. But your ability is a different thing, right? You don't, you may not have the ability to do what this guy does and this guy. So you have to attach a value to the ability. I, you know, yes. Again, equal, equal, equal value in humanity, but not an ability. So when we understand the ability aspect. This is just a, a, you know, this is just a key part of business. You know, we have to assign a value to ability. You know, we have to be able to separate those two from humanity to ability. And then you start to understand, okay, I get it. You know, and I'm not going to understand the inside workings of your business, nor do I want to. Okay. Because again, I have things to do. Right. So if, if I see something that's absolutely unreasonable to me in price, I'll bring it up. You'll explain it. You give me the breakdown. Now I have an understanding. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if it's not out of my realm of, of um, acceptability, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. I don't need the explanation from you. I mean, this is just me talking as a, you know, again, it's been done business for 30 years. Uh, so it's important, but I do want to know that you have this structure in place because I need your, I need the confidence in you as a, as a guy running the show there. Yes, you're going to true. deliver what you promised to deliver, to right? Deliver. Right. Very important, very important distinction for people to understand, I think. And and just because we were like um, we're we've been spending a couple of minutes talking about the systems and and for anyone here listening in on the podcast who are who is wondering why aren't we talking about the prospecting yet um, talking about this particular systems actually is helping um, justify the the style that I prospect on LinkedIn because you you when when you get the meetings. The, the 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 meetings become um sort of like building a relationship you're not there to sell for example right now here in the podcast we're talking about different problems in a way we're not selling to each other um and that's why it's easier for us to converse meetings with potential clients should be like that it should be natural it, it should not have any friction at all even even when you're delivering the costings, and that's one of the things that we really want to be able to um, forward, and we really, we really want to be able to like explain, and then illustrate here in the podcast that it's very important to have um, non-spammy, non-robotic, non-salesy conversation for for LinkedIn prospecting to be able to work. Okay, this, okay, very good point here. Okay, this is because now we're going to get into, you know, the, the next phase of this. But 
again, he, a lot of people, and, and I've experienced it, you know, from the Philippines and everything else, you do get that. There are the companies there that are doing just that. They're robotic, they're robo, they're cranking stuff out. There's no, there's no connection there. You know, you, you get a lot of what we'll call worthless leads. You, you'll oh, get yeah, things that, that you're paying for. You're like, wait, this is, this is, what is this garbage? This is the bucket of garbage you've given me. You know, I can't, I can't work with this. You know, there's no, you can tell the human element isn't there. Right. So this is a very important distinction um, when you're selecting a company to work for and what they're actually delivering. You know, where do the results really come from? You know, you like what you're doing right now, Adrian, is you're explaining the process of obtaining results, right? We talked about systems and processes. And, and if anyone has listened to ETOP for like more than 10 minutes ever, okay, they understand that that's a, that's a base foundation of a business to be able to scale. So you have to have these things in place. So we just yes, want to yes. reiterate that. And I love that they can see that it's universal, okay? It's not, it's not some unique thing to the US or anywhere else. It's just, mm -hmm. it's universal. And it's got to be a prerequisite when I'm hiring someone that they have these systems in place, right? They need to have the, this is how we approach this is how we do it and now we're going to the level where you're not now you're gonna we're gonna talk about making the actual connection right let's talk about now let's talk about making the actual connection with the potential clients right we've got our base the foundations in there we found the guy okay adrian you're the guy all right we know what we got to do we've got things delegated now let's move into the the prospecting aspect and what's going to happen okay um so moving on to um using linkedin to book meetings there's, there's this one thing that I, I want to, for everyone to understand. Um, you don't need to have a shiny LinkedIn. It, it, it needs to be decent, at least. It, it doesn't need to be blank. Um, put there what you do. Um, put there a bit of information that, that you have. Don't make it um, um, too much of a resume. I think that's, that's one of the things that I want to um, explain right now, or at least mention right now. Don't put it too much as a, as a resume style. Think of it as, as your mini mini sales page, especially if you're if you're doing business, if you're providing service. Think of it as as a, a bit of your sales page. You, people aren't coming to you to hire you for for a job. They're they're going to be coming to you to hire you for a service that you provide. So there's that particular distinction that you want to have when you're firing up or you're building up or you're polishing your LinkedIn profile. And you don't have to have a superstar profile. You don't have to be a thought leader. You don't have to have um, too many content out there. I, I don't think I have um, any content at all. And on considering that I've been on, on LinkedIn for maybe like more than 10 years, I don't really have that much content on LinkedIn. I think that it's um, less than 10 posts that I've made. I don't even remember. Let's just say I don't have content at all right now. Um, and this is the first content, for example, on this particular podcast. This is the first content that I might have to my name. But as you can see um, um, during our conversations um, earlier, we can deliver prospects. And I can get clients for myself as well using this particular approach. So that's what you need for your LinkedIn. You don't have to be a superstar. Make it decent. If you can turn it into a bit of a sales page, please turn it into a bit of a sales page. Not too salesy, just enough for them to know what your services are, who you're trying to approach and what you, know, what you can do for them. And maybe a good thing to have also are some testimonials on, up on there. Now I won't go into detail how to do that, 
there, there are a lot of YouTube videos out there who can explain how to optimize your profile. But just again, just as a reminder, not a resume, but more of a sales page. Okay, um, using LinkedIn to book meetings, one of the things that people overlook and you need to invest a bit in is to activate your sales navigator. Your sales navigator is sort of like um, a more powerful search engine built within LinkedIn. So a basic LinkedIn account has that search window right there. And you can like look for, um, for example, if you're targeting marketing agencies, you can type marketing agencies, there are marketing companies and they will deliver a decent list. But if you have sales navigator, it's a whole different level of segmentation of, of available data in front of you. You can target by location. You can target by the size of the company. You can target by the title of, of the prospects that you want to approach. You can target by industry. So there are a lot of filters out there. You can even target um, via the, the, the software technology that they use. For example, if, you're, if your service is providing Facebook ads, for example, and you wanna target e-commerce who are using Shopify um, technology, for example, you can, you can put that on, on SalesNav and it will give you a list of all the companies that Sales Navigator thinks is using Shopify. So there are a lot of, of ways that you can identify and segment your, your prospects right there. Now we want to identify your, your ideal clients just so you don't waste a lot of time with the non-ideal clients, with people whom aren't going to work with you or you, you can't actually deliver products for. Um, if, you're, if you've already identified your ICP or your ideal client profile, then that's great. And it's going to be easier for you to play with the filters on Sales Navigator and get that particular list. They're going, they're going to give you a list of either the companies or the people within those companies, depending on the filters that you use. So you can get results by companies. You can get results by um, actual individuals who are also on LinkedIn. So that's the first thing that you want. The second thing that you want to do is to activate your sales navigator. And once you have that, what you need to do is, and again, there, there are a lot of YouTube videos there. Well, what you need to do is to save those potentials, the potentials that you identify onto a list there's a list feature on, on Sales Navigator. And just so if you don't, you know, if you don't wanna use um, the list feature on Sales Navigator and just so to make it easier for everyone to picture this out since we're on a, since we're on a podcast and not on a webinar, is you can get the information, put it in an Excel sheet or a Google sheet, whichever is more comfortable with you. It's, it's that easy. Once you identify the list of prospects that you want to approach, just put them in a, in a different, you know, in a different file, just so you can easily identify them, easily get to them. For example, if you're going to do a bit of prospecting, or if you're going to do a bit of relationship building on for, with your prospects. Okay, so you, you created the list. Now, once you created the list, this will make it easier for you 
everybody has, maybe not everyone has LinkedIn, everybody that's, everybody's that listening, but most of you also have Facebook. In a way, think of this as a professional, a uh, Facebook for professionals. So once you created that list, um, that's going to show on your feed. And once there, you can stay updated on, on title changes, if they change jobs um, for whatever news that they have. So it's going to be easier for you to engage with them. You can, you can engage with them using, you know, just like LinkedIn, you can, uh, just like Facebook, you can comment, you can like. And I know it sounds like um, very basic, but this is where we start um, scaling businesses using LinkedIn. We, we, we do also cold email, we, we do also phone calls, but cold, um, uh, using LinkedIn, we, we've been able to scale. So this is one vertical that's very easy to, to sort of like enter. This is one vertical that's going to be easy for startups, for example, if, you, if it's just you right now providing the service and then trying to, to get clients. Um, if your ideal clients are on LinkedIn, spend less time on Facebook, spend more time on LinkedIn and basically do what you're doing on Facebook and simply in a way, slant it a bit, um, approach it a bit on a more professional level, but basically it's almost the same. You engage with them with the content that they do. And later on, we'll talk about some of the things that we actually use to start conversations with, with potential prospects, for example. So once you have the list and you save it on, on, on Sales Navigator, it's easy to see there. It's, it's going to be easy to sort of like identify them and keep on track with what doing. And that's one of the things that able to sort of like keep track of because relationship building is more 90% about you. If you if you build a lot of data that, that's there, they're going to be they're going to be sharing some articles, they're going to be following some some things on the news. And also um, LinkedIn right now is is becoming a bit more Facebooky. People are posting about their, their their family, people are posting about um how they feel about certain things. So it's it's a bit more comfortable being there. It's not just all about business. Some people are there, they're having fun, they're having fun engaging with, with fellow businesses, they're having fun engaging with their clients. And it's, it's, it's a good space. If you haven't been there on LinkedIn, um, please jump onto LinkedIn, especially if your ideal client is there. Right, let me, okay. let, let, let me just on. say something real quick on LinkedIn. So I've been on LinkedIn for 10 years, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Probably. I'm laughing because I'm like, I don't, I don't get this LinkedIn thing. Okay. I get connections and I have a bunch of, and I accept anyone's invitation to connect with mm -hmm. me and, and I have all this stuff, but I'm like, I will not. And I'm telling, I'm just being honest. And last, I'm like, I am not going to spend a moment trying to understand this thing. You know, because I like, I, I get a Facebook, I got this and then all this stuff. And I'm like, this is like, I get on and I'm like, I see the page on LinkedIn. I first find my own profile. And I'm like, okay, it all, it's too, to me, I'm like, this is, they need to simplify it or something. I mean, for my brain, again, I'm not, I don't claim to be the, the genius in the room, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, 
okay, I know it's got to be kind of important. And, and mine's good, right? You look at mine, it's like you said it is. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not posting the unbelievable resume because I'm not looking for a job. You know, I see what I do. Here's my book. And, you know, it's up to date. Here's this is current. But yeah, it it can be, I'm just giving you my perspective on LinkedIn. I, I love having it. It's a good perspective. About, Please continue. Yeah, but it's just, I'm like, this is, it. it, it seems like too much work. Honestly, it seems like too much work to me. I'm like, I don't, I don't see an ROI. And this is just, this is your, this is me looking at. It. I've had this thing for ten mm. years. I'm, I'm smiling here. I'm smiling you here. Know, so please right, continue right. because I'm going to use that um, right. after you I'm go on. Go you, on. I, I just don't see an ROI in it, you know. And and because no one has, no one has brought it to me and explained it to me. And again, I haven't searched it out either. I'm being honest on both sides here, but no one's able to be able able to tell me how you're going to generate you know, an ROI for me on this, spending my time. Cause I, you know, I'm a busy guy. I got things to do. I got businesses to run. How am I going to justify, you know, I, I try not to scroll on Facebook, you know, that's, that's enough of a, mm. a detraction, right? I try to that's just true. be a producer on that. So I'm looking at this going, I don't need another one of these, you know, <laughs> you know, I got I want to see my kids once in a while. You know, I don't be interesting. So, so just, just so you know where I'm coming from on this, I love getting into this and seeing that there is, but I also, I, I'm just going to tell you, I appreciate that there is someone like you who would, who, and I'm, I'm making a guess here, you could take this for me and make LinkedIn work for me, right? Yes. Okay. See, now that's, that's my note. <laughs> All right. I, this, this is, this is about delegation here. And I'm delegating here, true. Adrian. You're my LinkedIn guy. Okay. <laughs> I need but, to, but also just to be able to um, loop in the, the, the ones that can't afford to delegate just yet. Um, it's, those are good points actually that you raised. I'm going to flip that. And then, and then, in a way, um, t- tell you, okay, I, I found you on Facebook. I approached you on Facebook. Um, I, I wanted to get some content going. I wanted to share what I, I had to share. Um, you were, um, if I'm not mistaken, you were also um, looking for people who can share some some tips with you know with fellow business um, individuals. Um, but on Facebook, I I rarely prospect. I I, I don't spend a lot of like you. I understand like what is the ROI on Facebook? For, for me, in a way, that's why I was like smiling earlier when you were saying what, what's the ROI on, on LinkedIn. But for some individuals, there is an ROI on Facebook. For example, I, I was able to get on this podcast because of Facebook. It's, it, it wasn't LinkedIn that I got, uh, that I became as a, as a guest first. Um, it, it was on Facebook. And earlier, um, the past two days, just because I was um, coming into groups, I'm trying to decide that I should create content. And I was practicing creating content on Facebook rather than, you know, practicing on LinkedIn. So I decided to practice first on, on, on Facebook. And I did some, some content on, on one particular group. And then they started um, approaching me for the services that I provide. And I was like, oh, wow, there, there, are, there, are, there are still um, business to be made on Facebook. But, but I'm making a, a bit, I'm doing better on LinkedIn, but I didn't see Facebook as, as a way for me to sort of like monetize, maybe because I wasn't thinking of it as a way for me to, uh, as a source for me to monetize. For example, you, you, you don't, um, you don't want to spend time. You don't see the ROI on it. Maybe the same um, emotions, the same ideas are, are running through the heads of some of, of, of your listeners and 
I think that's because um, if their ICP is on, on LinkedIn, if their ideal client profile or prospects are, are on LinkedIn, then perhaps they're not seeing LinkedIn yet as a source of business. And also, which is going to be um, ironic because this is, it's sort of like the Facebook for professionals. But, but then again, some ICPs aren't on, on LinkedIn. Some ICPs are on Facebook. Anyways, um, just to move forward, um, you haven't, I was the same thing. I, I was the same as well. I've been on, on LinkedIn since 2010, um, I think maybe 2009. I, I was there before it was trendy. Um, I was there when it was still boring. <laughs> right. But I didn't know to monetize it. If I did, bef- way back before when, when the gold rush started, I, I actually saw a Facebook mad rush to go and jump onto LinkedIn for 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 the Facebook um, people on that particular particular group to sort of like monetize LinkedIn. There was a mad rush. Everybody was talking about LinkedIn. Everybody was talking. And I was like, wow, this, this is how gurus are made. I sort of like, <laughs> sort of right. like said us. And, and all of a sudden they were there and they were affecting what was happening on LinkedIn because they, they, they saw the need and they saw the idea that it can be monetized. Now for, for anyone who's listening and hasn't yet monetized LinkedIn, this is, these are the two steps for you to determine if, if you wanna monetize it. First, if, if your ICP is there, or are you targeting marketing agencies? Sure, you can get them on, on, on Facebook. That, that's not a problem. But you can also get them on, on, on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, they're, they're easily talking about business. So it's not going to be too hard starting conversations there, finding, finding them in their space of, of doing business. So I think that's, one of, that's the first. You haven't looked at LinkedIn yet as a, as a good vertical to monetize. And also the second would be you haven't had the basic steps yet to monetize that. And right now, to summarize what we're, we're going to talk about here on, on LinkedIn, it's sort of like building a list of your prospects that you find on LinkedIn and then starting to prospect them, starting to reach out to them, starting to talk with them. So it, to keep it simple and to sort of like streamline, since we're on audio and not on video, the ideas in, in everybody's head, just think of a simple spreadsheet and you have all these links to the ideal prospects that you have. Who you, whom you know you can do good business with and what you want to do with that particular spreadsheet that you got from prospects on LinkedIn is to start conversations with them. And, and once you have that, then it's going to be easy to monetize. Um, it's, um, if you want to delegate it, that's not a problem. It's, it's still the same thing, basically. But for those that can't delegate it yet, um, those that aren't, um, aren't yet on 5K, for example, um, this is how you can do it. This is how you can spend like two hours per day just getting into conversations with that particular list of prospects that you might have on your Excel sheet. For example, if you don't want to save it on, on SalesNav, save it on your spreadsheet. Save it on your Excel sheet. Save it on your Google spreadsheet. Save it on Word for, you know, for all I care. But once it's there, then the next thing you need to do is start conversations. And, and with that, with those two very basic steps, 
you're going to drive business towards your business. It, yeah, it sounds, yeah, it sounds very simple, but that's how businesses are made. That's how conversations are made. I made a 6K deal um, overnight just by sending over a six-page Microsoft Word document. And this is, this is the story of how it is. Um, just so people understand that, or listeners understand that, it, it can be that easy. And you have to understand like 6K per month is very big. It, it's huge money here in the Philippines. It, it happened overnight. So what happened was I was, ta- I was listing down all the resumes of, of my relatives. And I found that like 80% of them were the customer service industry. Like my wife was in the customer service industry. My brother was in the customer service industry. My, my, his wife was in the customer service industry. My sister was in the customer service industry. There were a lot of people who, were, who worked for um, call centers. And I, you know, I just put their names in a, in a document um, in, a, in the Microsoft Word, um, put their profiles there, pasted a bit of picture, their skill set, et cetera. Um, and then at the very front, like a, a template business, business proposal, for example, for customer service. And what I did was I, I fired up conversations with, with the people I have on, on my network. And, say, and, and one of them was like, I, I was saying, um, do, do you think you need this? I, I showed them the, the PDF and they, they, they came back um, after an hour. It's like, you know what? This is exactly what we were talking about an hour ago during our meeting. Can you guys go in a meeting later this afternoon? I said, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, it's like, of course, yes. <laughs> and then when I came in, and then, then because of the, the relationship was, you know, it was building up. It was, it was more of like, um, we, know, we knew already we could trust um, th- these guys. So when they asked about pricing, and this, this is not the way to do pricing, okay? For anybody listening, I, I didn't know how to do pricing um, then for this particular um, vertical. said, how much are you going to charge? What I said was like, how much are you paying your in-house? And they could have said like, we're paying them $4 an hour. They, they could right. have easily said that. They could have easily said that. But because we had, you know, we had trust going in, they said, we're, we were, we're paying them 20 per hour. I said, you know what? Uh, I'll charge half. And then they said, okay, can, can your guys um, start tomorrow? And I was like, oh, wow. They start tomorrow. But, but that particular conversation happened because of that Excel spreadsheet list of prospects that I have and starting conversations. That's, yeah, that's it. Basically, yeah. that's it. It's that that's a good point that, you know, like, like you said, whether you can outsource it or you got to do it in house, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, here's, uh, again, I'm, I like to be honest. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Just, just so you know, everybody doesn't like, oh, wow, he's outsourcing everything. Um, no, half of his team was still in there. Right. They, they were still working with us. We were, we were the remote um, team. We started with a very basic questions for the more technical questions. That's where their superstars were spending right. most of their time. You don't want your superstars spending time on, on basic questions like, hey, how much does this cost? Um, right. Why is this not working? Um, you don't want that. So that's what happened. We, we were a valuable part of their team, but they were still made up right. of very in-house and local 
superstars for that particular company. Exactly. So like, like I was saying, that's, I mean, that's all part of it, right? You got it. And that's, that's kind of the breakdown of it, which is really good. Now, like I look at it like you, you know, if you can't afford to outsource right now, you're going to do it. Okay. This is important. Me, I look at like two hours on LinkedIn. It's like, that's torture to me. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's, okay? it's not an easy thing. If, I know if you're doing it, you know, at, right. at first. Yeah. But again, if, if this is where you're at and you want to monetize this and make it work, you, and you don't have the money for it, you actually probably have the time. Okay. Yes, so the reality true. is you've got the time to put in that two hours and you should. Okay. And I'm just, I want to encourage people that you have an option, right? You can delegate, you can outsource or you can do it yourself. Both are effective. All right. But you have to just, you know, determine the value. Right. You have to start and you have to determine the value of your time spent on that for the ROI. It's like cutting my grass, Mm -hmm. right? If, if, if it takes an hour and a half to cut my grass, do I want to do that? Do I, what, what, what do I make for an hour and a half? Okay, I look at that number and you know, divide my yearly for how many hours I have to do there. Now, mm-hmm. okay, can I that, pay someone else? Much, yeah. Right, can I pay someone less than that to cut my grass every week? So now I have an hour and a half with my kids, with my wife, uh, or to even you know be more productive in my business, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. You know, can I trade that time for dollars? You know, can I give it to someone else? Um, so that's kind of your basis. You're always working on this stuff from. Again, if at this time you don't, you don't make that money to you know outsource. Great, but you always have the the the, the main point being that there's always an option, right? You've always got an option to leverage these tools. I mean, that's basically mm-hmm. what you're sharing with us, you know, and and how to do it, which is awesome. All right. So I don't want people again. I'm I'm just I'm being straight up about LinkedIn and me. Again, I've been on for ten years and you know, nothing. Okay. No fruit because I haven't mm. cultivated. Okay. So to speak. So and, and I'm not that was actually fruit. a good input. Right. It was a good thing that you mentioned that because um, we, we don't know if, if um, your listeners are also thinking of the same thing. Yeah. I have my LinkedIn. Nah, it hasn't brought in that, that much money, but just, just, just for, for, um, for people to sort of like for listeners to sort of like understand that Australian guy, when we started when we started working with him on his LinkedIn, just so to have like a colorful to put it into perspective, just to like um, put my foot down on how effective this is. That guy was driving a BMW by the end of the month because we <laughs> fired up the LinkedIn, and and even me, I've been on LinkedIn for like again ten years. I didn't fire it up before. I, I didn't I didn't engage. I didn't comment on. On, on on some of the posts. Uh, I didn't do anything. I was just there and I was spamming. At first I was spamming and it worked. It worked during the young days of of, of, of LinkedIn. It worked during my my inexperienced years. Um I, I had a couple of mentors. That's how I got my my sales strategy straightened out. Um I, I got good mentors. But but then that that was it. Uh, but if if um your listeners start, and then they do identify. First, the first thing is identify if if their target clients are indeed on LinkedIn, and if they are, then that's when you start um, starting conversations. Right. I think the the main point here is like you know whatever you focus on, you know wherever you put your energy, that you're going to make things happen. If you're an Instagram guy, you put focus on there, you're going to make it happen. 
if you're, mm-hmm. you know, a Snapchat guy, if you're a TikTok guy, if you're, you know, wherever you're going to put your focus, things are going to happen. Okay. They, they, they're not inexistent, beca- inexistent because they don't work. Right. That's the reality. Right. That's what we're saying. I love that you've got an expertise in LinkedIn um, along with your other, you know, your other capabilities, but it's, it's really good for our listeners to understand this, you know, and I do always teach and kind of preach that you have to be careful on being too diversified in your attention on all mm-hmm. these social platforms, because what you end up doing is you'll be mediocre at all of them. You know, I, I usually take the master one, then move to the next one, master it, move to the next one. But to speed that again, back to the outsourcing, if I have an expert like you and I'm able to outsource this to you, now you can accelerate my LinkedIn ROI, okay, because you're, you're the expert. I don't have to become the expert. So it's important to know the distinction between those two. If it's you and you got to do it, be careful not to spread yourself thin on all these platforms because you'll just deliver mediocrity and no one's going to be attracted to you. You're going to get zero ROI on multiples instead of getting one that you might be able to master. But if you can if you can afford or when you have the right connections to outsource this, to get people to boost an ROI, to, to establish you in that new platform, I would highly recommend that you do something like that. Wouldn't you agree with that? Um, actually, yes. Um, especially the, the idea about not spreading yourself out too thin. For example, um, I'm not on, on Facebook. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not prospecting on Facebook. My, my name is actually different on Facebook just so um, potentials or, or people reaching out to me on LinkedIn can't find me on Facebook because um, I, was, I, I am and still focusing on, on LinkedIn to monetize LinkedIn, to, be, to spend a bit more time there than on other things, for example, like cold email. Um, right now, I'm going to start a challenge for myself. I'm going to do a lot of cold, um, cold calls for December. Just, just as a challenge, like spend like maybe two hours calling, calling companies, and yeah, that would be a challenge for me. Already. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and we just and this is why, um, I'm I'm teaching LinkedIn because it's it's easy entry. Anybody can you know download on their phone um their LinkedIn, start conversations there, um post there, um send likes there, comment there, for example. And that's why we started with with um LinkedIn, not email not cold calls, for example, to, to generate business. Although cold calling is still, you know, the best way to generate business just because you're already there speaking with your potential client just in case they're, they're interested. Anyways, back to LinkedIn. It's easy once you understand that, again, what you mentioned earlier, that you figure out your clients, your ICP is there. Um, and then you build the list of your ICPs using Sales Navigator. And then you save that list of ICPs using Sales Navigator or just to make it easier to visualize on your, on your spreadsheet. And then once you're there on your spreadsheet, you can, you can actually start if, for example, if you're not going to use, um, if you can't visualize LinkedIn right now, just visualize the spreadsheet. For example, you have your URLs there. And then what you want to do is you want to go through them one by one. Because you're using the sales navigator, you're going to choose the ones that are that have posted in the last 30 days. That means they're active. You you want to be engaging with those individuals who are active on LinkedIn. Yeah, Just so a- you know, you're you're not wasting time knocking on doors that 
aren't going to open because they're not on LinkedIn. They just right. made a profile and then they stepped out. Yeah, like me. It's the pro. It's been there for ten years. Okay, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> move along, son. Move along. Yeah, you know, you basically know. move along. Make make sure, and that's why it's important to have that list, so you don't feel like you're you're spending too much work, even even identifying you know who you're you're going to be speaking with. With that particular list, once you curated your list, you know who you're going to target. You know the individuals that you're going to speak with. You know um, what you want to end goal your conversation would be, which is of course to get them into a meeting. And they are the, the right individuals to make the decisions that you want for that particular company to, to agree upon. Right. So list, and then just be there every day. Um, spend like two hours or, you know, depending on where you are in your growth. For example, if you, if you don't have a client yet, spend four hours there. Spend four hours on building relationships, and, and we'll go um, a bit later and in, into what what it sounds like um, building relationships. But there, if you haven't had have business yet, um, spend your time there. Spend four hours. You know, start to prospect. Um, go to YouTube and then look at tutorials. I'm providing you with best practices on the number of individuals that you want to connect with every day. Because there's a number for me, I, I connect with simply 50 individuals per day. But with comments, yeah, um, spend your time. So, um, drop a comment on that particular. For example, if I was prospecting you, I'd go to your LinkedIn. And if you were active, for example, if you were active, I'd look at your posts. And then I'd engage with your posts. I won't add you as a friend yet, but I will engage you with your posts. I say add as a friend because maybe not everyone is familiar with LinkedIn. Right. With LinkedIn, it's more, more of like um, send a connect request. Right. Well, that that's good because um, I do, <laughs> when I have tried to spend two or three minutes in there and I, oh, look, messages. Oh, this is from five months ago. <laughs> so it's a message. I'm like, okay, well, did, did you get the spam messages as well? I got some, but a lot of them are, you know, like I said, I just haven't haven't spent the time in it. You know, and it's just uh, again, it's, I'm, I'm very selective on that stuff. So, but uh, you give me some hope. You give me some hope that maybe that ten year of ten years of having that thing. You know, it's a it's the car you never drive in the garage kind of thing. You know, you kind of leave yeah, that's it there, true. Dude. That's true. Maybe yeah. we should start it up. Right, you never right. know. You never know. That's right. So, Adrian, um, you know, just to put kind of put a bow on this whole thing here. You know, I I, I love what you share with us. Uh, a few of the main takeaways here from our conversation today. Uh, excellent excellent uh, information and understanding of outsourcing okay because I it, it's just something that people don't they don't have a full grasp of yet they're getting more mm -hmm. and this year kind of elevated that that need for remote and everything else so people are looking so I'm, I'm real happy I can bring this to my listeners um, and also again LinkedIn understanding these social platforms and this one in particular you know knowing that there there are experts out there who can help them with their business um, I love what you do I love the value you bring to your customers you're able to 2x 5x 10x their businesses but the best part about that is you understand that you have you let them know they need the capability to be able to handle this influx of business again an influx in business is a dream but if you can't handle it and that dream comes true you're in trouble okay it's actually so, going to cost you money right it's it, it could cost you your business Yes, that's true. It that's truly true. could, you know, and that, holy cow, I got too much business, so I went out of business. 
who who wants, who wants who wants to be the guy who says that? Okay, like I, I know a couple of businesses that that actually happened. Right, and it's a good See? thing it's not from our clients, but right. So there were it, some growth that was detrimental to their business just right. because they they got too big and they collapsed under the sheer weight of their business. Right, it's a great point, you know. And people don't now. Nah, you're kidding me. That. No, it happens. It happens way more than you think. So I really appreciate you sharing your time today to, to just kind of clue us in on this, man. This is such a unique connection. I love the international aspect. Okay. I am now talking to people. I got a guy uh, next week from Israel. Okay. I've got you from the oh, Philippines. Nice. I got guys from Australia. I mean, it's, I mean, business is, is universal, right? And yes, I love I love tapping into these resources and these people with expertise outside my own world, so to speak. You know, and it's just been a joy having you on here, uh, sharing this stuff. And we'll do it again. You, know, we're gonna we're gonna get together again, and we'll kind of really fine tune. This is like our introductory podcast, right? Yeah, but I, we, I we didn't know it's, it was going to be this this type of conversation. Right. We we had the idea of just going here into link into right. LinkedIn, but then again. LinkedIn is just a platform to start right. conversations. Right. But and if that's... you can't handle the monetization that comes from those conversations, your business is going to die. Right. Right. Good point. So so we're going to do this again. We'll get into more detail. We'll get into more specifics and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a lot of fun, too, to bring some more value to uh, to the people listening to the Top Podcast. So let me give you a chance here. Give people, give us a connection. How can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you, whether it's on LinkedIn or whatever the case? Uh, you got a website. Give that out. I'll also, of course, put them in the show notes so people have a way to get in touch with you. Okay. Um. Simply just message me on, on LinkedIn. Tell me I've been. Tell me you heard about me on from the podcast. Don't don't send me that generic message like everybody else is is sending. Um, and and maybe before before um, before you go, I'd like to to leave one one takeaway. Please um, go ahead. We we talked about um, starting conversations, and since your goal to start conversations with the end goal of, of maybe getting them on a meeting and then starting a business, when you do make your pitch, because everything's comfortable, everything's, you know, everything's okay, you started the connection, they're engaging with you, you have this like certain level of, of trust and certain level of, of you, um, it's comfortable talking with them. When you do send out your pitch, give them an opt out. For example, um, hey, um, I see you're working with marketing agencies. Do you know we do this and this and this? Um, would you be okay to maybe talk about it um, sometime next week? Give them the opt-out in that same pitch. Um, maybe the next sentence you say, but, but if not, it's okay. You, you can tell me like, uh, go away, Adrian, and it's going to be fine. Just give them that particular opt-out. So the connection that you made doesn't, vanish there will be a bit of friction because you 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 made your pitch and then maybe there will be a bit of friction because they said no but since you gave them that up opt out it's not going to be too much of a friction that it's going to destroy whatever connection that you have developed with that particular individual because you message them on linkedin you connected with them on linkedin you built a sort of a, like a mini starting relationship on linkedin 
that that's my last takeaway for for excellent no that's that's a very good point you got to give people options in every aspect whether it's a conversation or a or a an offering right the people need options that's what they want you know they they need to feel in control and that's a instead of a hardcore press you're just trying to sell something very good point so adrian again thank you for your time today i will put your linkedin connection in the show notes uh so people have that so they they can get to you and uh again we'll do this again so thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us and uh love it man i just i've I've learned a lot and uh thank you very much i enjoyed my time good i don't feel i've wasted my 10 years having linkedin now i feel better about it (laughs) i got to go go get the dust rag out and dust the dust off linkedin and, and make it work but thanks again i appreciate it buddy you have a great one thank you very much have a great day Thank you for listening to the E-Top Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with E-Top on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.